Welcome to the CCM Deep Dive Podcast as we go song by song and story by story through some of Christian music's most influential albums with the artists who created them. It's time to grab your coffee and settle in. Let's go. How do I get rid of the things that the defenses and the walls and the right things that I really don't want to let go? Of? Why are you asking me to be vulnerable? Welcome to the second episode with Jennifer Knapp as we discuss her 1998 album, Kansas. In the fall of 1992, Jennifer enrolled at Pittsburgh State University and became a crimson and gold gorilla. With a modest enrollment of a few thousand students, Pitt State is nestled close to the Missouri and Oklahoma borders in the town of Pittsburgh, Kansas. In the intro of the first episode, there was a playful little jab at the (laughs) University of Kansas, all in good fun, because Jennifer almost enrolled there there while her mom attended Kansas State (laughs) University. (laughs) No worries. There's a bit of family rivalry as well, because my mom's a veterinarian who graduated from K-State, and she was in the program. uh, We were in college at the same time, strangely enough. So uh, she was going through the vet med program at K-State. I landed at Pittsburgh State University, largely just because I couldn't sort out uh, the funding to go to KU, which is where, as a music major, I really kind of dreamed of going. But um, I did have scholarships at a couple of other states uh, at a couple of other schools in the state and Pittsburgh uh, State University's uh, uh, brass department in particular at the time was uh, reasonable enough. So I did, I landed there, but yeah, my, I had this, like this, like this, you know, I think as you do when you're a kid, you get these kinds of ideas of what will make you feel like you've made it to some degree. And I thought KU was definitely that for me, but I think in the long run, when I went to Pitt state, it was, it was the right place for me. I just didn't kind of know it at the time. Jennifer was on the trumpet line in college, but can play pretty much any of the brass instruments. Yeah, I, <laughs> I can't. Yeah, mostly like my, like my, my perform, like when it comes to like orchestral inter- instruments like that, like I definitely had a lot of experience playing brass instruments. So uh, I, I think my favorite brass instrument by far was probably the French horn. I just didn't quite, it, it's so delicate compared to trumpet and trombone, but uh, when I decided as a young teenager that I was going to actually go to school, I knew that I was going to kind of have to have a like at least a, a basic understanding of how to play most instruments. So I definitely branched out in brass. Uh, I was a better baritone player than I was a trombone player. Um, but and I was pretty good. I, th- I felt like I was a pretty solid player in that. I wouldn't brag about my trombone playing at this point. Like every time I've pulled it out recently, more more like a joke in relationship to some of the the Christmas stuff that Margaret Becker and I get together do and do. So every time she, she's such a great guitar player that, I, I mean, she can do most of this stuff with her eyes closed and one handed. So I'm looking for something else kind of entertaining to do. So, and she really, it's, it's her fault too, that I even bothered to pull out my trumpet. So initially I did trumpet and then I was like, Hey, maybe I could do trombone. Cause we were doing, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. So I thought that was a perfect instrument for that. But every time I pull it out, I am sweating bullets, man. Like I can do it, but I just don't practice enough to make it. It's painful really, <laughs> 
but I can do a lot of those brass in- instruments. I I really enjoyed playing uh, like saxophone, but I wasn't really a very I wasn't like as much as like some of the brass instruments. I would kind of like be embarrassed about my my uh, my woodwind playing skills are even more uh, fraught with danger. It's it's possible, and I have knowledge of it, but I wouldn't say I'm very good at it. <laughs> Jennifer's vast musical experience in college would not only prepare her for a career in music later, it would also take her places while in college, quite literally. You know, if if anyone in my family ever flew, I never even got to go to the airport with them. So my very first flight was my very first time to an airport and was the direct result of music. So I think that says a lot about kind of how small how big the world seemed outside of the city that I grew up in and how quickly I think I had to expand an understanding of a world I never thought I'd see, particularly when I think, you know, maybe a couple of years after that first flight, I was playing in front of crowds that were as big as my hometown. I mean, I serious, I did a, a, what was called a DCLA at the time. DCLA was what it was called. It was a youth evangelical um, convention, basically, that one happened in LA and one happened in DC. And both of those things had eight to 10,000 kids at them every year. And I just, that was one of the first times. And I did one of those before I was signed. And I just remember just standing there on a stage realizing for the first time, oh my God, there are more people here than actually live in my hometown. And made me realize, kind of made me understand kind of the the quiet world that I grew up in wasn't, you know, wasn't as I don't know. It just the world seemed both big and, you know, you have to kind of grapple with what it means to grow up in a a hometown and and fight to kind of keep the value of someplace that's so small and quaint and not be embarrassed about, you know, being a hick from someplace that nobody ever ever heard of and all those kinds of things. But it took me a a lot to figure out uh, that, yeah, things happened really fast and it wasn't, you know, there was a lot of culture shock that I was experiencing through that, but also a lot of excitement to be able to, you know, basically have music be an invitation to see so much of the world that I never even dreamed I'd be able to see. And all of that work of playing in small towns to jumping on planes for festivals for the better part of the 90s would culminate in Jennifer's instant success with Kansas, which earned her not only the Dove Award for New Artist of the Year in 1999, but also Rock Song of the Year for her guitar-driven prayer, Undo Me. Yeah, well, I think lyrically in the structure of the song there, I took no prisoners. I took every relationship. So mother, father, sister, and brother. Um, I just kind of like... I took the context of all of those and just like, yeah, made a train wreck out of all those relationships in some degree. Um, I, and I, I think, yes, those are the places that they hold for me, but I, I think more what I was after was this idea that there are, I, I don't think I would have said this at the time, but I, I would have been able to articulate this at the time, but there are real world pains. <laughs> there are real world intimacies that, when we don't understand something about the nature of love and the nature of forgiveness and in those difficult moments, it it's not just separating. I think, you know, in the long run, I think this is kind of what I was trying to work out at the time. I, I was just, I was uncomfortable with this idea of just, we are solely separated from God, right? And that the only recovery to the rest of our, the world and to God is to get right with God, right? To to solidify that connection. But I think I, I did understand something about brokenness that I didn't understand necessarily in the Christian way, but was starting to make sense. It's like, no, when we're separated, we're separated. And and part of the challenge of that reconciliation is really painful. Like to be able to 
to kind of look at that in the ways that I at least comprehended it was a, a way of me being able to process how I did that theologically. Like what what is separation and what are the things that I long for in these relationships? And I think lo and behold, like I, that actually started to, to make me understand even the concept of what it mean to, means to ask for forgiveness. Like, oh, like it's not just the other people who've harmed me. It is... It is the harm that I have brought to this relationship as well. It's my reticence to be in it. It's my mistrust of you. It is for good reason, my mistrust of you and good reason, your mistrust of me and how fraught that is and how vulnerable it, it has to at some point become. And I think the challenge of the song and I think to the point of undo me is like, how do I get rid of the things that the defenses and the walls and the right things that I really don't want to let go? Why are you asking me to be vulnerable? Like, you know, I, I don't think it is God is just asking me to be vulnerable to God. I think there is a challenge for any of these intimate relationships we have. And for me, this was a context I think I was trying to, to play that out with. On the surface, it looks like Jennifer has two music careers. Her time with Goatee Records, which spawned three distinctly CCM albums, separated out by an eight-year hiatus from music altogether and the subsequent residency in Australia before returning to music. So it might be a bit surprising to hear when she last played songs from the 28-year-old album Kansas. Uh, about a week ago. <laughs> actually got like like yeah i do i do them i i wouldn't put it on a set list i never put it on a set list but i think depending on the context uh somebody asked me to play it i was actually doing a film screening and i was only doing two or three songs so i had plenty of en energy to burn and it was largely a faith-based audience that were kind of uh, the context just made really good sense. And I think everybody enjoys seeing a 50-year-old woman try and do a rock song at, <laughs> at her age. So I'll still bring it out every once in a while. Um, I think it's an interminably long song for only having three chords in it and being that upbeat. Like, you could tell a young kid wrote that. <laughs> I wouldn't do that to myself now. But I'll still play it now and again. Yeah, for sure. Playing songs that are almost 30 years old by now would probably require a little relearning to some degree. Yeah, you know, I I have played that so song so much in my life that the, the thing that sucks when people request it, like there are songs that people request that I may be uncomfortable in playing and I always have, you know, I may have the get out of jail clause because I don't really remember how to play it too much. This song, I is it is written in stone. Like I, w I have not been able to unforget this song. Like there's it, and I, I think too like on, on a guitar note like this is one of the first times I was experimenting with bar chords so adding the B minor bar chord for me was something that I never saw a lot of acoustic guitar players do but you know with all the rock guys that I was playing with around the time you know if you're an electric guitar player there's kind of no way around it you you know bar chords and you play with them and I just thought I would I had a responsibility as a guitar player to learn some so I started to implement that and I didn't I didn't even understand like the value of like uh, I think there's a minor third chord is the the song's actually kind of in G right but the verse is around the minor three which is the B minor chord if I'm getting my mu music theory right so like those are all explorations for me that all to say is that I play that so much everywhere went like I couldn't in my early on in my career I couldn't not play and do me I got sick of it by the end of my career and didn't want to play it anymore but like yeah there I just because it was so pivotal to people understanding and knowing who I was because it was one of the first breakout songs that people found I think synonymous with this record that it's almost impossible for me to ignore 
Thank you for listening to the CCM Deep Dive Podcast featuring Jennifer Knapp as we discuss her album, Kansas. Join us next week as we dive into Trinity. Wonder why more time than Peter I